all right. Awesome. Glad all y'all are here. Um, hope you come back at noon for the annual business meeting, which means free lunch. So we, we, we try to make it fun. We try to make it fun. Hope you come back for that. Um, hey, uh, I had uh, some of, a bunch of you have been asking. Thanks for asking. Thanks for praying. I had a, a partial knee replacement a week ago Saturday. So we're doing good. This is testimony. Shout out to the doctor that, uh, the surgeon that Rick works for, like I'm standing, you know, a week later. That's a good sign, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's good to be back. We watched from the couch last week. It's, it's uh, a good substitute when we can't be here, um, but so much better to just be here with family. Now, uh, we're going to do something a little different today. Uh, usually, what we do in the message time, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. We, we teach the scriptures, and the reason we do that is to help us to follow Jesus uh, together uh, and, and to learn more and, and then interact with that throughout our community and our own lives. That's a high, high priority for us. So, um, what we have done the last couple of years when it comes to this same Sunday that we have our annual business meeting is we turn it into a party. It's an annual celebration. And so what we were doing the last couple of years is instead of a, even a sermon on those weeks, we would just tell stories of what God's been up to here at the church. We would celebrate that. We were going to do that. But then this year, um, our staff was, was meeting in our staff development time a couple weeks ago. Um, we, were, we were going through some of the specific things that, that a group of us had gathered here uh, mid-January for some listening prayer, just to pray and listen to what God might be speaking to our church. It was not just staff, it was a bigger group than that. Um, and some of those themes came up, and when we were in our staff development, this idea sparked about, well, what about some of our staff this time around telling some of our stories about the kind of um, church that hope is for us? Because um, we don't just come here and work as staff people or employees. Um, this is our church. This is our family as, as well, and, and our lives, all of our lives, we're going to hear from four of us, but all of the team has had significant impact, uh, and we're so grateful to God for the ways um, this wonderfully imperfect <laughs> uh, church family has just helped us to learn and grow so many things in our life. And so as we kind of thought about that, uh, it really um, seemed good to us in the Holy Spirit to steal a phrase from Acts. Uh, so we're going to do something a little different this time around. Uh, if, if you go, that was terrible. That's cool. Come back next week. Um, if it was awesome, then thank you, staff, for, your, uh, <laughs> for the great ideas. So, um, by the way, so go read the annual report. Uh, it's, is it online, Brittany? Did we print any, too? We didn't print any. So you got to read it online. We're going high tech here. So go read it because there are stories all through that of the different things God's been doing in all the ministries here at Hope. So if you're curious and you want some encouragement, this time just go read the annual report um, because there's a ton to celebrate. So it's really, really good. Go check that out. But again, this morning, instead of a, a sermon, um, um, I'm going to talk about a few of the themes that came up in our night of listening prayer and how these themes uh, resonated with different ones of us. And then as we get to the next theme, one of the staff people will hop up and share a little bit of their, uh, one of their stories of hope, stories of hope. Now, I've, I've got to say this right up front here too, just because I do take seriously, all of us that preach here, um, we take very seriously like uh, studying the word of God. So there's a little part that goes, um, okay, we're not unpacking a bunch of scripture this morning. So if you're, again, if you're brand new, it, 
that fair enough, you'd be <laughs> right to wonder. Um, so we're just saying, again, this is a little different this week. Um, and we also don't want this talk to sound like we're like slapping our selves on the back for being like the best church on the planet or something. So um, what we want to keep in mind, even as we celebrate and look at these good stories of what God's up to, um, uh, is the kind of church that we are becoming, the kind of church that we are, is something that God has shaped and is continuing to shape. See, Hope Covenant belongs to Jesus, and every good thing that happens here, it's because of the goodness and the grace of Jesus. This is Jesus' church, and so ultimately everything we experience here uh, is not because of leadership or staff, although those folks are important. Um, ultimately, we are simply pointing back to what Jesus has called us to do, uh, and we want to be that kind of light in our community. In fact, here's the one scripture verse you'll get. Jesus was real clear with his followers about his intention for his people, uh, their purpose in the world, the people of God, our purpose in the world. In Matthew 5, he says, you, and if you're a follower of Jesus, he means you, you are the light of the world. City on a hill can't be hidden, so let your light shine before men and women so they may see your good deeds, your good deeds. Um, think about that as uh, the way you act towards others as well, how you treat people. They will see those things, and they will, Jesus says, glorify your Father in heaven. They'll be drawn to the Father God. See, God's intention is for people who are outside of the church to look into really any church. It's his intention, but people would look in and think, wow, God must be real. And maybe they'll even say, I would like to follow a God like that because they see the posture, the lights coming from in the church, which this thought here then leads me to something that we say almost every week around here, um, and this is what we believe is a more specific dream that God has for our church family to live into, and we say that hope is a grace-based family where anyone can find and follow Jesus. And we mean it. We talk about this a lot. It's not a marketing slogan. It's not just a catchy, memorable phrase. It's really our best understanding in this season for sure of what God has in mind and had in mind his intentions for us when he dreamt up Hope Covenant as a church for us to shine like that kind of light. <clears throat> and so in our night of prayer, that theme actually came up for folks uh, it, it's kind of fun because we're spread around the room and then we start talking about what we're hearing and, and sure enough, these themes kind of are all over the room and that sort of theme around this, this phrase came up over and over. And by the way, the people that came um, to that group, uh, some of them had been here at Hope for like over 20 years and some of them had only been here maybe 20 days. <laughs> um, and the age range were people in their 70s all the way down every decade to the... 20s, um, and this, this theme of being this grace-based family um, just arose out of gratitude. People were so grateful, uh, uncoached, just grateful that, that this is the kind of family that we're experiencing here because that's what God's called us to be. And we have plenty of room to grow, got a long ways to go. We don't always do it right, but the good news is this is not like some 
wishful dream that's sort of wispy and out there, people are actually starting to experience this kind of environment more and more. And that's the kind of an environment, um, a healthy church family, where people's hearts begin to heal, uh, where we can maybe start to risk um, trusting that maybe God is as good as Jesus said he was. You know, when we talk about hope being a grace-based family where anyone can find and follow Jesus, there are folks that really resonate with that, and it's for different reasons, but, but sometimes that description uh, up on the screen here right now, <clears throat> that description of our church's heart, it really clicks for some folks like right away. Maybe because they've come from a background or maybe a previous church experience where it didn't look like that, like a grace-based <laughs> family. Um, and we try not to spend a lot of time critiquing other churches. Like, we have strengths and weaknesses. Every church has strengths and weaknesses. And we know that we need every church and every kind of church if we're really going to reach uh, the people around us. It can't just be one kind of church. Um, but we also are aware and starting to notice more and more that there's a unique DNA that God gives and plants in each church, which helps them reach a specific, sometimes a specific uh, person. Uh, you kind of think of it maybe like, uh, like a garden. Um, you have a garden with a particular kind of soil and a particular kind of climate that's going to grow a particular kind of plant really well. And so our soil here of being a soil of grace is something that Jesus gave us, and there's people that are really drawn to that, and we just pay attention to what God grows in the soil, and we hear some of the fruit of that when we hear each other's stories. And um, Again, like I said, one of the themes, one of the things that grows well in this soil of grace, um, it's not the only thing, but one of the things that we hear over and over is that um, people who have had previous church hurt um, or bad experiences in other religious settings um, over and over uh, tend to start to find life and to flourish here. And I'm really honored because I think that means God's trusting us with those folks. He's trusting us to be a place where they can actually start over and follow Jesus. See, it's not a secret that people experience church hurt all the time, over and over, and understandably they quit uh, any form of belonging to some kind of church. Like, that happens all the time. It's understandable. What's astounding to me is, is that many people, in spite of those bad experiences, they still have some desire to find a church family. And when those people, some of them, when they find their way into this room, again, we have a long ways to grow, but they begin to find a place where they can find hope in Jesus again. One of those stories comes from uh, Devin Brueger. Devin's our youth associate. Devin, will you come on up? Um, and he's going to tell us uh, part of his story. Will you guys welcome on, Devin? We'll try, the, we'll try the hang out here, sit down format. All right. Hey, Devin, can you, can you just tell us um, a bit of your story of how uh, and what God has done uh, for you as you and Rachel have become a part of the Hope family. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so, uh, like Doug said, I'm the youth associate here, but uh, I'd like to talk to you guys a little bit and you, Doug, about what Hope being a family that 
Uh, and you said it. Everyone can find and follow Jesus together. I didn't know you were going to say that. Uh, I kind of had an inkling, but uh, so I, I, st- I put it in there um, because that's really what it means to me. Um, so I started off uh, as, a, as a Christian in name. Um, my parents uh, did it because that's what they believed was good and moral, um, but they didn't necessarily have those um, decisions and stuff that actually continued that. But they, they kind of forced me to get up, do to go to a Christian school, dress the Christian part, um, and just continue in the life of this good Christian image. Did you have good Christian t-shirts? Uh, no, actually. Oh, okay. It was uh, the good Christian polos. <laughs> oh. uh, and it had my, yeah, it, it had the little school name. Uh, nice. And so I, I, that's, that's what I had to wear. Yeah, I had to have yeah. my buzz cut, you know. And so it became stuffy. Mm-hmm. And eventually uh, I had to look like it had, I had it all together. Um, no room for questions, emotions, uh, things that were mm-hmm. out of the place. Uh, so I pushed back. Um, I kind of started to rebel a little, and then things got crazy when we adopted my cousin. Um, and so that took a wave more attention from, from my parents, and so I, then I pushed back more. And eventually I got to a place where I got in so much trouble, my parents could no longer deal with it. It became a, a law issue. Um, and I had the Holy Spirit intervene then. The officer had a choice to either ruin my life or give me a second chance, and he did. Uh, he said, hey, I'm going to give you the second chance as long as I don't see you again and as long as you call your parents right now. And, you know, I was like, ooh, maybe I'll just take the, the punishment because <laughs> I had to call my parents at Lock one in the up. morning, you oh, know, wow. and so, uh, so my dad comes and shows up all stone-faced and, you know, that was great. Um, but eventually I just became disillusioned with the church um, and that's what led to all this stuff. But the officer uh, ha- had a tattoo and it said, no doubt. And I asked him what it meant. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you that it's, it's religious. And so that made me spiral. And uh, so I talked to my grandparents, and they said, hey, why don't you just come back to church with me? And so I did. And there I got, uh, I got involved with a couple of people who actually cared about Jesus and about turning people to Jesus, regardless of the bigger story around them. And that got me hooked. Uh, and so I was, I was uh, loving it, and, and I let... Uh, I went to church again. I got really committed, and I, that's where I got the call to ministry. It's where I met my wife and in that space. And so I told the church, hey, um, I think I got a call to ministry. And that same church where those people had brought me in and loved me and turned me to Jesus, that same church said, no, you're not called to ministry because you don't look like a minister. Your past had given you, you know, I have tattoos, piercings, um, all that good stuff. And they said, you are not what we want. Our, our, we don't want our Christians to be led by you, Christian. Wow. Um, Wait, and you it, have tattoos? Wait, yeah, I, I, oh. No, just a couple, you know. Um, <laughs> shocker. And so this, this kind of uh, yeah. turned us away. Again, yeah. we were like, man, I wow. want, I want uh, you know, my wife comes up from a non-Christian home, so for yeah. us to have this as yeah. our story was hard for both of us. Um, so we began to, to lose kind of our, our hope. Mm-hmm. And we turned to another church, which this time the people were genuine, and they were loving, and they were caring, but then the church blew up overnight. We became a number, and we got lost in the cracks. So then we lost hope entirely, and then we found hope. Um, (laughs) So uh, I had been told that I wasn't misfit. I wasn't fit for Christianity, um, and that I was rejected by the earthly church, but hope said that wasn't the case. Yeah. You know, when we got here, people were family from day one. Yep. They loved us from day one. Um, we walked away from this church literally day one going, 
wow, we don't, like, I, we met, like, 30 people, and I don't think we, ha- like, we have, like, six coffee dates, we ha- and it was, it was crazy. We had family, because we stepped into a place where immediately it was warm, loving, and no one cared what we looked like. No one cared what we, like, had done in our past. No one cared. They just wanted to know us and accept us, and to us, my wife and I, it was a huge deal, um, we walked away going, how can we serve? How can we turn what we just felt back into them? Yeah. Uh, how, can we, how can we give back what we, because us, the church experience to this point had not been that. It had not been full of grace and love. And so now we come into this and I'm here a, almost two years later. It's hard to think about that. And we are part of a family. Hope gave us hope. Mm. Um, we experienced love and grace and just you know, down the line. Um, we've not, experienced anything like that before and so my dream and my excitement as we move into this season is that people who have my story people who have been rejected by the church because of the way they look the way they acted the way the things they did Mm -hmm. now have a place to call home Mm -hmm. to have a safe haven place where people love on them regardless of what happened that's good um and so rachel and i can't uh can't express enough our gratitude of what you guys have done not only have you shaped our lives for the better um we can now in turn pass it forward we can shape other lives for the better because we're getting poured into by a place by people who weren't courageous enough to do that before wow wow well i'm sorry you went through those kinds of experiences um but i am really grateful that that you and rachel have um found a family here, and and we do love and appreciate uh, both of you. I I love one of the things you said. I wrote it down um, when we talked about this before, that your dream um, is that hope uh, continues to be that safe family where all the misfits that Jesus is calling in through the doors can find and follow Jesus together. And that's good, man. That's, that's the heartbeat of what God's up to here. So thank you for, for not quitting, not giving up, and for uh, daring to walk through these doors and let this family love you. Thank you, guys. Love you, bro. Yeah. Now, another one of the themes um, that... that uh, let me set it up this way. When we do these listening prayer nights, we learned a few years ago um, uh, that one way to start before we try to listen to what else God is speaking, just to start with gratitude. We learned that actually with Pastor Rena Grazier, who's back here from Minnesota again. And, uh, and if you want more details on that, you'll have to come to the seminar that she and Heidi are teaching at the beginning of March. But we started with this uh, posture of gratitude, things we're grateful to God for when it came to um, this church and who God's created this church to be. And again, just remember the wide variety of ages and how long people had been here. Um, And one of the things that was highlighted is that many people noticed and they were grateful for um, our heart as a church, uh, the strong belief we have that the Bible, when fully studied and properly interpreted, that, that scripture supports the leadership of women in the church at all levels. Now, Again, if you're new and that's kind of a different idea for you or you've been taught something differently, I don't have time to go through it right now, but we can point you to some resources and teachings that we've done or things that we think help along the line. But um, sadly, um, most churches, and I'm not exaggerating, most churches, um, especially in our, for some reason, Arizona region, place restrictions on women at least at some level on what they think the Bible allows women to do, but our denomination and our church, we don't agree with that. Um, 
Uh, and so we've made this a clear point of teaching since I came on staff. Um, but there was this gratitude that rose up in our time of prayer that God had made hope a place where men and women together can follow and serve Jesus with all of their gifting. So, Pastor Liz, Pastor Liz, uh, come on up. Pastor Reverend Bishop, your holiness, Liz. It's been a year ago, a year ago, annual meeting. We voted you in as the uh, new associate pastor. So it's been one year ago. And Liz, can you share uh, a bit about coming on staff um, as one of the pastors here at Hope? Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me up here on stage in a different type of setting. I was just looking over at Heidi. I was like, I don't usually run anxious being up here, but I have a little bit of anxiety right now. Because we're sitting in chairs. It's I know. Weird. Yeah. So if you see me, and I think <laughs> the reason why is because there's a lot of pain in my oh, story yeah. wow. regarding this. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you who have not heard my story, when I was a senior in high school, the local church showed up for me. They showed up at my basketball games. They, they, they welcomed me into community. And I saw the local church as the meeting place for getting to know Jesus, for deepening my faith with him. The local church played an immense role in my life. And because of that, I continue today to believe that God wants to use the local church as his primary mechanism for people to know who he is. Right on. Yes, thank you for that. And because of that, one of the visions that God gave me was that the local church would be known for its healing and not its hurting. But I've continued to witness over and over again the fact that people get hurt in this place, me being one of them, with also a call to this place. The problem that I started to discover was I was born the wrong gender to do something about it. Especially, again, like you said, in the climate of here in Arizona. So what was I going to do with this quote-unquote calling and this passion that I had for people to know who he was through this type of place? And so instead, I pivoted, and I found really my lanes to run in ministry within, like, the parachurch organizations and nonprofit organizations, and those places were super formative in my leadership development and uh, establishing just my values and my vision for life, and I'm super grateful for those places, but my heart still continued to burn with this desire to be a part of the local church body. And so in April of 2019 or so, I was a ministry resident at a church down the road from here who wouldn't necessarily allow me any kind of leadership or teaching kind of opportunities. And I decided, you know what, based off the Holy Spirit really pushing me in faith, uh, I was going to call it quits. I was going to leave the church because there was not necessarily a place for me. And the phrase that the Holy Spirit gave me was that I finally had permission to wonder about the so much more. Mm. The so much more that we read about in Ephesians or it talks about, like, the so much more that we can even ask or imagine. I realized I didn't even have a vision for what it could look like to be a woman serving within the local church in a leadership capacity. 
And so I waited and I waited and I noticed this joyful anticipation arise inside of me, which gave me a lot of hope. It wasn't devastation. Instead, there was just this joyful anticipation that was coming up. And uh, and, and as I was uh, in this space, I got introduced through different networking opportunities, uh, the covenant, the evangelical covenant, our denomination. And so I titled myself a friend of the cove, <laughs> and I started just plugging in and meeting with people and getting to know some of our affirmations and our theology. And I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know this type of place could exist. And uh, shortly after that, Doug and I got introduced. We met up for coffee, and he said, why don't you just come down and check out Hope? And we walked, Sam and I walked in the door, and just like Devin shared, we got in the car afterwards, and we said, we know more people in one service than we did after the church we had been attending together for two years. (laughs) That is insane. There's just this welcoming spirit here. And so at first, my plan was just to hang out and just be a part of the life of the church and with more nudges through my name in the hat for the associate pastor role. But what I ended up finding out here at Hope through that process was something I had yet to find when it came to women in leadership within the church. And what I love about Hope is I have not had to apologize for the gifts that God has given me. For too long, I had been downplaying a little bit or just okay growing my administrative giftings, even though I don't have administrative gifts at all, (laughs) because I was a woman, and that's kind of just where I was allowed, you know? And, uh, And I don't have to downplay the way that God has gifted me here. And I don't have to be fearful of, of offending people because of these gifts and this call God has placed on my life. And one of my favorite things, and I've processed this in therapy a lot, is that although I'm the, full-time, the first full-time female pastor that this church has hired, I don't feel like I am. And that's a really beautiful thing. Because that speaks to the foundation and the culture that you guys have already established and created here. That I get to be a part of this family just as I am. And there's already this humility of the the men and the brothers in this church. And there's already a ton of strength in the women in this church. You guys were already running down this road log before I came. I didn't need to pioneer or trailblaze anything here. And that's been such big gift to me. I wrote down that there's a sense of those who have been here that you have remained faithful in the same direction for a long time. And embedded deep in your DNA is this one of welcome. And now, real fast, if I can have a pastoral moment, I don't doubt that there's actually some people in the room right now that are listening to me that aren't 100% on board with this. It's a part of life. There might be some people in this room who this is new or uncomfortable or they've never experienced women pastoring or leading them. And if that's you, first of all, you have me fooled. (laughs) I I would never know. (laughs) 
But two is I think that that's also a really beautiful thing. And I wrote down here that it's a testimony to the way that you are able to live out being a family that we stay off off of stage a lot that can agree or doesn't always have to agree, but can accept one another. And it's an example of this integrity and character that I think God is building here at Hope for us to live in tension with one another when we don't always agree and we can still come and worship as one family together. And by the way, we're going to need that a lot this year. It's 2024. It's an election year. So tuck that into your pocket for later. (laughs) And and, and I want to end with this is... I I don't feel like I'm the token woman pastor here. I already established that, which is a gift to me. But underneath that culture is the way that I've watched each and every one of you encourage and spur each other on to using their giftings. And if you're sitting here and you're like, I'm not sure how God has gifted me or what I'm called to within the local church, we would love to start having those types of conversations with you because I believe when we start operating out of the gifts and the call God has given us, this church is going to be on fire for the kingdom of God. This community is not going to know what just hit them, the love of Jesus. That's what it is. And and, and it's going to be a really amazing thing to step into as a church. So I, I know that that's already happening, and I just want us to envision together the so much more uh, with the gifts alive. And so me getting a pastor here with my gifts alive is just for one step and one small piece of that. But I want to encourage each and every one of you to do some digging and praying and asking God, hey, how have you gifted me, and how can I use my gift to bless and be a part of the local church body? That's good. That's good. Thank you so much, Liz. Thank you. So grateful to have Liz on the team. And it's true. Like, uh, by the way, yeah, we didn't go, all right, we're just going to go out and find the best uh, woman in our search for an associate pastor. We, we hired the best person, and we're really glad that she said yes. So, um, yeah, so we're so grateful for, for Liz's ministry here. Uh, now, there's another... Um, theme, another theme that came up in this listening prayer, this gratitude for how God shaped our church um, to be a a place of healing, a place of of second chances. So Brianna, would you come on up? Brianna Bramble, she's our kids pastor. She joined our team about a a year ago, and um, yeah, so Brianna, and you guys don't have to sit if you want to stand. I'm, I'm just sitting to save my knee. <laughs> but this, you know, if this works, great. Oh, I bet if you pick it up, he'll turn it on. Hello? There oh, we there go. we go. Okay, we're good. All right. <laughs> no, sitting. This sounds that works? great. Okay, yes. okay. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to sit and be on stage? <laughs> well, Brianna, can you tell us just a bit of your story um, of some of what you've experienced uh, as a part of this church family in the past year or so that you've been here? Yeah. Uh, well, one, thank you for one, allowing me to be up here and talk to you guys and um, and you, Doug, and just, I think this is very beautiful that we get to share our story like this. Um, so I grew up in a church, um, but never really felt um, a belonging um, or in a sense of acceptance, mm-hmm. really. Um, like, it felt like everyone wore masks, <laughs> and it felt almost like a requirement, <laughs> like it was needed to feel accepted and belonging. Um, 
And that wasn't me. <laughs> That's not who I am. I'm very real and I'm very much myself. Um, so when the time came, I left the church. Um, I should say I ran <laughs> from the church. Um, I, yeah, it was, it was hard, you know, growing up in that. Um, but as we all know, God runs faster, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. he caught me, and, um, and then when it became time, and uh, God, really started, God really started putting it on my heart, that ministry was my calling, um, and it was not an easy path to accept, um, especially growing up in the church that I grew up in, kind of similar to Liz's story, you get told, um, you're a woman, you won't be allowed on stage um, you won't be called a pastor or anything like that. Um, so it was really disheartening. Um, so and you'll so, do all the same things as a pastor, yeah. but just not be called a pastor. <laughs> and you won't have yeah. the title. No, <laughs> right, even right. though you'll be, yes, it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it was something that I was really starting to pursue and wanting, and I felt it on my heart that this is something that God was really opening this door and saying, this is who you are. Mm. Um, and I had people starting to speak that into my life, yeah. um, and it really helped. And through time, I felt like I did find a church what I thought was very welcoming and accepting. Um, but then again, it was taken quickly under my feet. Um, and I was felt, felt feeling um, breathless, um, lost, confused. Um, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and I didn't know where to start. I felt like everything that I thought, and especially when you're in your 20s and you're thinking, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> and you thought you had a calling that you really wanted to, and then someone shut the door. Um, and then I thought God was telling me, oh, well, then we're closing this door on you. Um, this isn't what you're called to do. You're not meant for ministry. Um, so it was, it was really hard, and I didn't think I would ever be able to find a church where I could work at and live at, be happy, you know, be a member and feel like I'm accepted for who I am. Um, and what's really awesome is my amazing husband actually spoke into some amazing truth into me, into myself and our life. And he said, you are meant for ministry. There's no doubt about it. When we look at you and what makes you happy, it's kids. <laughs> it's Jesus. Um, and he, he said, let's, let's quit your job and let's find you, um, us, a church, um, a home. And um, we started looking and um, it's kind of wild sometimes when you hear the story of how I found hope. <laughs> like I even had taken my resume out of the bag and I yes. got a call saying, right. hey, oh, we saw you mature your application. What happened there? And just talking um, to, to Joy, actually, on the phone, I felt like a sense of like, okay, yeah, let's just talk about this and explore this. And when I came here and I got to meet the staff that I first met, um, there was just so much of an acceptance <laughs> and so much of a welcoming. Like, I shared parts of my story. They were like, man, I didn't know we were going there today, but I'm, I'm glad we did, <laughs> um, which yeah. is very true. If you know me, I'm very open about that stuff. Um, so it was really cool, uh, because finding hope, finding this church, and finding you guys gave me hope in the church. I, I didn't think I could hope in a church again, um, but I did, and I, and I do, because um, I know there's no perfect people, and <laughs> I believe it, that there is no perfect church. But that's what I love about us in this place, is because we own that, <laughs> that there is no perfect people um, and we're not a perfect church, but what's really cool is we're a group of people that just try.
try to love. And I feel that because what made us want to stay and be a part of hope um, for myself and my husband um, was the culture we felt the moment we walked through the door. I mean, Liz said it, Devin said it. I mean, same thing with us. We get in the car, we're leaving after our first service, and we look at each other and think, I don't think we've ever <laughs> had a great experience at a church than, than here because we had probably like 20 people greet us and say, hi, like, who are you? What's your name? And we're glad you're here. And then that carried through to hearing um, Rich constantly say, like, I know your name because I pray for you every day. Yeah. And that changes yeah. so much. And it was really beautiful getting to experience that and still experience that because I believe the spirit is just so alive here. And I really think a big part of that is that the people, the misfits, right, that Devin was talking about who have found this place is the spirit is alive in you guys. And I see that. It really transcends into the church culture here. Um, and I believe that through my interactions with you guys. <laughs> You're all so kind and amazing and loving. And like we own that we're not perfect, but we just try to love at the end of the day. And I think that's what changes. Um, so the amount of times like we during Ryan's post-surgery and his care that people have reached out to us, the, whole, the meals we got, um, we've never felt that <laughs> before. And that love from of a community. Um, it was really mind-blowing um, to have this acceptance. Um, so, so thank you, <laughs> really. Thank you for, for seeing us and for loving us where we are. Because um, without knowing, many of you have actually healed our church hurt. <laughs> without knowing, you guys have loved us when and accepted us when others didn't. And that is a big thing for why I think people stay. And that's why we stay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, I can say without a doubt that we, we just feel blessed to, hear, to, to be here. So thank you, everyone. Awesome. Yeah, yeah thank well, you. thank you so much. You and Ryan, we are so glad to have you guys uh, here as a part of the family and, and so glad to see the growth in you and the healing that's taking place and then the way that you just love and lead our kids and, and families. So thank you yeah, for thank being a part you. of this church. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, that theme of hope being a place of healing, uh, of, of um, a place to belong, it's nothing new. Um, Brianna might be new in the last year, but one of these other stories, come on up, Brittany, she was here when I showed up at Hope six and a half years ago, and you came on staff, eventually did kids ministry for a while, then you were doing the office and kids, and then you said, oh, hey, I think the office, like, she figured out she could run the church from the office side, which she does. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to do that. So um, she moved over to that. We're really glad to have her doing that, right? So, awesome. Brittany, well, can you. you tell us a little bit of your story, how you landed here, and what you've experienced as a part of the church family here for the last 12 years, yeah, right? 12 yeah, years. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Um, so, growing up, um, I really struggled to find belonging anywhere. Um, I was always too sporty and rough to play with the girls, but the boys also didn't want to play with me. I was super weird and introverted, and when I would finally find a friend, I would get so excited and latch on really, really tightly, and often that overwhelmed them until they stopped talking to me, or worse, they would tell people, don't, don't talk to that girl. <laughs> um, so over the years, after experiencing that over and over again, I developed a strong distrust of people. Yeah. 
I knew from my past experiences that people come and go, and while other people might find a group in which they belong, I never would. So I put up walls, and I let a very small handful of people into my life, but even then I was still super guarded. Um, when I was preparing to get married in 2012, Dalton and I got connected to Hope through his cousin, and we began premarital counseling here with our former associate pastor, Brandon Hovey. Um, at the time, I didn't know Jesus, and honestly, I didn't care about knowing Jesus. I just wanted Dalton to be happy and have something Christian in our wedding ceremony. Um, but little did I know that this would be the start of me finding a place where I belonged. And so we talk here at Hope a lot about our big three, loving God, loving others, and following Jesus together. And I think before we even coined that, you know, big three, that was the DNA of Hope. Yeah. Um, when I finally relented and came to a Sunday service, I met people here that already knew my name. They had been praying for me by name, and they seemed genuinely interested in me. And I had never really experienced that, and I was very confused. Um, why were these people that I didn't know so genuinely kind to me? And looking back, I know that the people of Hope were loving me before they even knew me. So these past 12 years here at Hope have changed my life. Um, I now have a place where I belong. I am loved. I don't have to pretend, and I can be my weird self, and people don't just like me. Some of you even love me, which blows <laughs> my mind. <laughs> um, the way that people here at Hope have loved me has not only helped me love myself, but has given me a framework of how to love others well. Mm. And I don't know about you guys, but for the past few years, I have felt a deep longing for us to grow here at Hope. We've gone through some really tough seasons, um, and I just desire so deeply for us to grow here. It often keeps me up at night wondering how and when God is going to start bringing people to Hope, because I know that if they could just experience the way we love others here, they're going to stick. And if they stick, we're going to grow. But it wasn't until very recently that I thought it was you know, just about growing in numbers, you know, bigger kid ministry, more youth, louder worship together, more people to chat with during or after services. And after some time with God, after our listening prayer night last month, and then after debriefing with the staff and wondering what God was saying about all of this, I know now that my longing to grow is less about growing attendance. It's not about the numbers. It's about seeing more people experience this genuine and real and safe place that we call our church home. It's about having the opportunity for us here at Hope to love others so well that those who felt like me, who felt like they didn't belong, can find a place of belonging. And so as we celebrate today um, what God has done in 2023, I'm looking forward with expectation for what God is going to do in 2024. So my encouragement to you is to keep praying for those that God is preparing to walk through our doors. Pray for them by name if you know their names and keep loving others well here, Hope Family. Mm, that's so good. Thank you so much, Brittany. Thank you. I love how one of the things you said, um, it's, it's about having the opportunity for us here at Hope uh, to love others really well so the people that felt like you felt like you didn't have a place to belong, that those people, too, can find a place to, to belong. So I'm so grateful for that, heart. And, and um, as I move us toward a, a close here, um, 
I, I am so grateful to our staff and those, um, all of us could have gotten up and talked and we're already over the time right now. But what we knew is that if we had opportunity to do this as a church, there are so many of you in this room who could get up and tell story after story after story of what God has done in and through your life by belonging here, by deciding to make a commitment to be a part of this church family. And again, it's the idea is not that our church is just so awesome and or it's better than every it's none of that. It's it's just noticing and being grateful for the soil that God has given us as a church. Um, and then cultivating that soil, that we are a place of grace, that we're a place uh, of family, that we're a place that we are imperfect, but we're going to learn to love each other through our imperfections. Um, we're a place that believes uh, the Bible is really serious and important, and it's the guiding part of our lives, um, but we're not going to beat people over the head with it. <laughs> we, we just There's such a unique soil here, and we just are paying attention to what God wants to grow here. And so when I look at our dream statement there, that hope is a, a grace-based family where anyone can find and follow Jesus, uh, my prayer is similar to what Brittany said, just for God to take us deeper into that in 2024. Um, uh, there was a vision that a uh, couple folks, more than a couple folks had, um, and it's kind of recurred in our listening prayer over the years that, that, these, that we're a tree whose roots are being more and more established, and then this year um, those roots are very established and going even deeper into the kind of grace-based family that God's invited us to be. And so as those roots grow deeper and we begin to bear fruit, um, here's the invitation for all of you, especially those of you who are part of the Hope family. Um, like We need all of us if we're going to pull this uh, off of being a, a grace-based family um, for anyone. We're, we really need all of us. So um, are you in? Is God inviting you in deeper? And are you willing to be honest enough um, that, like Liz alluded to, there's hurt, there's disappointment, there's things, we're going to blow it and miss the mark and make mistakes, um, but then especially as the election cycle comes, can we, can we let go of the need for us to have to agree on everything in order to be a part of this family? Like... Um, Again, like Liz was saying, can you and I refuse to be the kind of family, because there's a lot of families that allow politics to separate and divide us, but can we refuse to go that direction? Like in 2024 is going to be a hard year, this election year, for a lot of folks, and people are going to get mad and disagree, and too often Christians are going to do and say things that look nothing like the Jesus we say we follow, <laughs> We saw it in 2016, we saw it in 2020, we're seeing it right now, that there's often a blind allegiance to political party um, rather than to Jesus. There's, there's excuses that we make to disregard Jesus' teachings because we are so clung to our positions on politics that we're going to ignore Jesus' teachings in how we treat people that have a different perspective. And so, um, man... Let's just say it out loud. Half of us are going to vote one way, half another way. And so knowing that, will you and I 
do the hard work of leaning in and learning to love each other even when we disagree so that we can continue to be the kind of place where people are experiencing the love, the grace, and the belonging that comes from Jesus through us. You know, I say very frequently that the goal of a healthy family is not agreement. That's not the goal. The goal of a healthy family is love and acceptance. And the kind of love and acceptance that we offer to people, especially when we don't agree. Because that looks like Jesus, doesn't it? So will we cultivate the gift of this precious church that's not our doing, it's what Jesus has given us so that no matter what happens around us in this world, the chaos, the storm that might be pending in how people are going to treat each other and act out, um, can we step back from that stuff and instead focus on expressing the grace of Jesus, the life of Jesus? And be a place where people can come in from that storm um, and not have to think about what's going on outside, but, but actually try to think about it in ways that are framed with scripture and how we treat the people around us. Worship team, will you come? Read that scripture again that I started with that Jesus proclaimed, you. And that means you. And that means to collectively you. You are the light of the world. City on a hill cannot be hidden, so let your light shine. Let your light shine before men and women so they may see your good deeds. Again, the way you act, the way you treat others, who you serve. They see those things and glorify your Father in heaven which would draw them to the Father. Amen? Amen. Hey, I know some of us aren't always super expressive around here, but can we, can we actually, we, we did a great job thanking everybody that jumped up to speak. Can we instead this for a moment just cheer and clap and thank Jesus for what Jesus is doing in the lives of everybody that's being impacted here? Yeah. <laughs>